Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Welcome one and all to episode 44 of the Driven Chat Podcast. 44, we're flying up again. I know I said this before. Gosh, it's amazing that we're going up in numbers each week, but I guess that's just basic science, isn't it? Or maths. As you can tell, I was very well educated. Andy J joins me via the weekly FaceTime link. Hello, Andy J. I love how excited you get by the, the episode numbers. It's like a big thing for you. It's like it's like a car serial number. Is it matching what you think it should be? <laughs> Match, and then we're okay. Matching numbers podcasts. That's a good idea. Well, I, so I got this beautiful spreadsheet that I plan out each, well, not really plan, but sort of documenting each week who we've had what's happening. Of course, we're now fast approaching episode 50. But then, of course, two weeks after that, we're at episode 52. So I don't know whether to celebrate our 50th podcast with a big shebang, or we wait (laughs) the extra two weeks to do the one year, one year old birthday party. I just don't know. Oh, man, both. Both. Yeah, that's a good idea. Two parties. You know, we have been declined parties for the best part of a year more than that now. I think any excuse, literally any excuse for parties. (laughs) Let's do it. We should celebrate our 45th episode, John, and then have a party for the 46th <laughs> yeah. and the 53rd and Every so week's on. Every a party. Every single week. Now then, this is, this is an interesting episode. I'm excited about this. We're going to do things slightly differently this week. Um, in a couple of moments, we are going to jump to our headline conversations, yes. which are really, really fun. Looking forward to this one. And then after we've heard from them, we're going to answer some of your emails, of which we've been inundated, you brilliant people. Loads and loads of you have been getting in touch with podcast at drivenchat.com. Thank you. So I'm looking forward to um, 
well, I mean, we'll basically just take the, the first few, John, you know, and, and we'll, we'll go through them methodically. It's one of those things where I think, oh, yeah, we'll go through the list of emails. But then, of course, you start reading them and think, oh, firstly, there's like, thank you again to everyone that's emailing because it is incredible. And some of the, you know, we're not talking one or two liners here. We're talking people have taken the time to structure out a full email with subject matters and talking points. And of course, in response to everything that everyone's writing, you then want to be able to give a in-depth answer. So we might only get through like four, otherwise we'll be on this recording for eight hours. But we will work through them all at some point, somehow, if it, if it results in us having to maybe um, answer questions individually on a website or something instead, then we, we can look at doing that. But obviously we want to be able to talk to as many people as possible because we love the fact that people are taking the time to email us. It's brilliant. Yeah, thank you. Really thank you to those of you that have emailed in. And if you'd like to keep doing so, podcast at drivenchat.com. We're here for you. We love it. Um, but before we jump to today's interviews, John, I just wanted to react because, of course, we've had the World Car of the Year uh, last week that was announced. We've the, yes. the winner, the VWID4, I believe it was, of the, of the main category. Yes. And I know, having sort of worked with a few different manufacturers in my time, I know how much it means to manufacturers, you know, to land these kind of very prestigious titles is a big, big deal to the marks. Mm. But I wonder how relevant is it to us punters? You know, I mean, how proud do you feel, for example, if you if you happen to own a VW ID4? Do you think to yourself, oh, I'm driving the World Car of the Year? Do or does know, that not enter your psyche I've, at all? I, I don't think it would to me personally, but I do see a lot. Uh, occasionally you see it on the back of cars, little stickers that will say World Car of the Year 2010 or whatever it would have been at that time. And that's clearly something that people could peel off. Yeah, me personally, I don't like stickers on cars, but a lot of people, I think, do uh, do leave them on. There used to be a man that lived on my childhood road who had a, a Ford Transit, and I can't remember what particular year it was. It might have been like 2002, 2003, bajillion years ago, where the Transit van was voted the van of the year, and he had gone out and bought his own sticker to put across the windscreen that said, World Van, or your British Van of the Year 2002. He was so proud of it. Um, so I think there is an element of that. I think, I think it will definitely boost sales because, every, you know, everyone wants the best of everything, don't they? You, you don't want the second best car of the year if you can get, if you can it's the best It's certainly, car. it's definitely a badge of honour. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember I was lucky enough to, um, to, to be chatting to Ian Callum when the I-Pace was announced. I think it was a double winner. It wasn't just World mm. Car of the Year. It was also World Design of the year or whatever whatever the official term is and that was you know they were so thrilled because that was a massive thing for Jaguar their first EV and so on and so forth so yeah it was a big big deal so let's just go through the other winners because yes. there are subcratic categories as well we've established the big one John you and I aren't really informed on the on the ID4 no um, but it's also we worth haven't driven it. the runners up as well because the runners up um so there's three three finalists in each category so yeah for car of the year the winner was the ID4 Volkswagen which, as you say, I've not even, I don't think I've even seen one yet. But, or maybe I have, and I just, I just haven't noticed what it is. But the Honda E and the Toyota Yaris were both the runners-up. And, I mean... I love the Honda E. I drove the Honda E. We've did. done a video on it, in we fact. Have. It's not... a lovely, cute, little, lovely, cute thing. It I is. say cute a lot. You do say cute a lot. I like that video because there's a lot of cute counts. The Honda E and the it's Toyota a cool, Yaris... It's a cool car. I'd say, you know, if, if I hadn't had, if I didn't have the result in front of me here, I, I probably would have thought it would be either the Honda E or the Toyota Yaris as opposed to the Volkswagen. But 
Which of the Yaris's is it, though, John? Is it's it the a, one that everybody loves? No, it's not. Or the is PR, it just the standard that's Yaris? That's a bit too special, I think. That's a, a bit. It's a bit a, too cool. A bit yeah. too cool. Which to is which is a, a, a one hell of a car, by the way. My buddy Drew Pritchard has got one, and he he phoned me literally as he was driving it out of the dealership, and he described it as because he was squealing with delight as he was driving it, and he used to have a Scooby. So he's like, it's yeah. a bit like a Scooby and my racing mini wrapped into one little pocket mm. of joy. And I loved, and he was just loving it. So clearly, and he's, he's going to let me drive it when I see him. And I can't wait, it's, actually. It looks blooming awesome. They are incredible. So four of my friends have now bought one, which is just <laughs> madness. Yeah. Um, all started with one. And then, yeah, the WhatsApp group went, everyone needs to buy one of these. And um, yeah, three more did. So... Yeah, they're clearly brilliant, but obviously that that wasn't one of the the runners up. It was the standard Yaris, which has been a brilliant car forever. Um, it's just you know it's one of those things. If 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 Auntie Joan or Nanny Pat says I need a new car, what should I get? Toyota Yaris. Just go and buy Toyota Yaris. Because I know a Pat's who owns a Yaris. Yeah. Well, there you go. See. Yeah. Consumer consumer advice uh, for free. You're welcome. World luxury we car is the next category that I've got on my list, and the entrants were. The Land Rover Defender. Would you put that down as a luxury car? Uh, based on the price, yeah. I don't know. I mean, so Land Rover Defender. So, right, if, if anyone's listening that doesn't know the results of this, Land Rover Defender, Polestar 2, or Mercedes-Benz S-Class. I wonder which one's won the World Luxury Car Award. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, t- I can understand why. I think there's a good argument for the two. You know, the Polestar 2, we know how refined it is. We know how much kind of attention to detail that Volvo have put into the Polestar brand. So it's it's nice that they've been in the mix for the luxury stuff. Obviously, the Mercedes won it. But nonetheless, I think it's great that for both brands that didn't win it but were in the mix, that's a real mark of quality. It's about yeah. the distinction. But comparing an S-Class luxury to a Land Rover Defender is like comparing a Airbus A380 first class with a Cessna from the 1970s. It's, or maybe I'm being a bit mean on the Defender, which I, I love. Think, I, think you, I should make it very clear. <laughs> I think the Defender, I mean, the Defender won World Car Design of the Year, it didn't it? Did. Which would Actually, that would be colossal for Jerry McGovern and his team. Yeah. Because, of course, that was in the crosshairs, as, as you said in your video, yep. etc. Yep. You know, we both had a drive of it. It's a cool thing. And certainly one of the things that we talked about is they had to redesign an icon. Yep. Really, really, it's a horrible task. Yeah, it is. Here is something that is loved. Yeah. Now do a new version of it. Yeah. You know, it's it's like it's like when, uh, you know, uh, a big presenter replaces, it's like when Clarkson replaced Chris Tarrant on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Mm. Those are big shoes to fill, even for Chris, even for, for Clarkson. Yeah. You know, those are big shoes to fill. He'd hosted the show for, what, 15 plus years? Mm. It's a long old, you know, established under the table, you don't want to do it. You don't want to follow someone that has been a brilliantly successful, popular person. No, and that's right. Sort of, that's the car equivalent. The example I thought you were going to give was Chris Evans replacing Clarkson on Top Gear because, gosh, didn't that do well? <laughs> oh, I've, I've <laughs> deliberately not gone down that road. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the other runners-up for design, interestingly, the Honda E again, which I, I could have believed that would be a winner. Yep. Um, and the Mazda MX, MX-30. I'm lost on there. I don't know what yeah. MX30 no. is. This is the issue I have with. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a, it's going to be a pretty car. It's in the Design Car of the Year award finals, but um, I don't know what that. I, I couldn't tell you what an MX30 looks like. If you said draw a picture of it, I'd, I'd have to just guess. 
but the winner, it's yeah. The, right, I'm having a look now. It's all electric, John. Ah. It's, their, it's their first all-electric vehicle. Interesting. Um, so interesting that a, a combustion-engined car has won the design of the year. You know, you'd think that with design and up-and-coming and the latest and greatest, it should be latest and greatest fuel technology, but that's, that's a clattery two-litre diesel. The, um, the Mazda MX-30, I'm looking at it now. Mm. It look looks a well. little. It looks a little bit like a small Rivian, oh, well, if that well, makes sense. In the sort of that sort of slightly rounded square front nose, oh, and that's not at all yeah. what I thought it would look like. Right? No, I I wouldn't have had that down as design of the year for sure. Oh, it's, I do it's think not it's a good looking car. It's not. It's not ugly, John, but it's not the most sort of staggering design. No. You know, the, you can see why the Honda is in the mix for it because yeah. it has rewritten the rulebook. Everyone was like, oh, wow, mm. and they've gone and made it. You can kind of see also why the Defender not only is in the mix, but why it's won it because it is because of everything that comes with the purpose of designing that car. I am a little surprised that this, I'm not saying that the MX-30 isn't a good looking thing, but I'm not, but it's also not sort of, it's not taking my breath away. It's yeah. not a landmark piece of design. It's cool. Yeah. But it is oh, a amazing. cool looking thing. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it's strange. So, yeah, well done, Land Rover. Well done, Jerry McGovern, for uh, winning that one. Because, yeah, like you say, I mean, the the, the controversy, still, I still see it now. Every time Land Rover or Jaguar Land Rover share anything about the new Defender on their social media accounts, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or, or anywhere, there's still a barrage of people that are so sore about the fact that it's not the old Defender. Like, God, it just it's, it blows my mind that people can be upset about something that they're not going to go and buy. But people hold on to things, John. I mean, look at the <laughs> abuse that, that Mike Brewer gets online because he isn't still working with Ed yes, China. Yes, that's very true. You know, that's that, that true. still becomes a continual feature. I mean, literally, I spot it daily. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously, Ed was replaced by Ant, and now Ant has been replaced by Mark Priestley. Things change. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, I get it. People, people like their tea in a certain way and don't give them it without it. That's it. Yeah, right. So that's design of the year. Urban car or performance car? Which would you like to do next? Well, performance, yeah, we're both happy with the performance car. Mm. Hey, look, the Toyota GR Yaris is in the World Performance Car Finals, but it didn't win. Uh, and neither did the go. Audi RS Q8. Performance car? Q8? What's going on? Who's, who's on this board? I get that. It is actually a very fast car, but it's a Q8. It's a wagon. Um, go on, Andy. Who won the World Performance Car? Obviously, it wasn't the Audi RS Q8 or the Toyota. It was Q8. the 911 Turbo. Oh, yes. There you go. There's a performance car. I, I mean, I'm delighted that the 911 Turbo has won because I am a huge 911 Turbo fan. I used to have a 911 Turbo. And um, they're just brilliant. It's just it, That is an everyday, genuine, brilliant supercar that you can drive and... If the right people know what it is, they know what it is. If they don't, it's just a 911. It's it, brilliant. Everything about what I like in a supercar. Not too shouty, but blisteringly fast, and you can use it every day. So there you go. That's the, the You can see it all on worldcarawards.com. Yeah. But we just wanted to touch on it. We've, As ever, John, you and I have waffled for too long. We were expecting to do two <laughs> minutes on, yeah, on the car that's won it, and we've gone into the wormhole of World Car Award Ooh. winners. <laughs> it's true. 
Yes, that's true. Right, well, in that case, let's dive into the, the headline feature of this week's episode, which, if you've seen the title of the episode, you probably know who it is and what we're going to talk about. It is, of course, Merlin McCormack and Georgia Peck from Duke of London, and we're here to talk about the Duke's Hill Climb, which is an event that is happening this summer. I am well aware that the, this summer is only really relevant if you're listening to this in real time. Uh, we mentioned that in the episode as well. But yes, the Duke's Hill Climb is coming up. It's quite exciting. We're talking about it. And the reason we're talking about it is because we're going to be there and there's the opportunity for you to be there with us as well. And well, we'll just let you figure it out as the episode uh, goes along. It's a, good, uh, it's a good half an hour conversation where there's some, uh, there's some exciting involvement that you can get involved with. That was a convoluted way of saying nothing at all, wasn't it? Love it. Let's do it. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Right, now welcome to this week's conversational part of the podcast, the, the interview bit. I'm going to throw a few names out, uh, some, some power couple names. If I was to say things like Harry and Meghan, Barack and Michelle, David, <laughs> David and Victoria, <laughs> Kanye and Kim. You know, wow. these are all people that you think of in the world as really powerful, influential power couples. Well, if I said Merlin and Georgia, then <laughs> everyone in the world... disappointed. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would, of course, be talking about Merlin McCormack, otherwise known as Duke of London, and his lovely girlfriend, Georgia Peck. Oh, Hello, hey. both. Hello. Hello, sir. I hope you don't mind me hyping you up as a power couple. I'll take it. I don't know about you, you're probably squirming. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you are. In the, in the world of classic cars and automotive Instagram, you're a power couple. We're just having fun. I think it's, it's been great for us, oh, speaking for myself at least, to find somebody who I can actually share so much of what I enjoy with, both on a, now in a commercial sense as well, I suppose, but in, in a literal sense, our sort of uh, shared passion for all oh. things. Yeah, bonkers. Engine. All things bonkers. All things bonkers, I never actually, thought yeah. I'd met some... Meet someone quite as mad as I am, but then I met me. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's, 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 a, that's nice. It's a complimentary opening to uh, to each other. It's like a therapy session. This is, yeah. It's like couples it's, counselling. It's, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, how, and Georgia, how does that make you feel? Yeah, oh, quite awkward, actually. 
Well, thank you both very much for having me here. There is a there is a quite a valid reason as to why I'm here, uh, because you are both working on quite an exciting event that's coming up this summer. I always have to remind myself that uh, time sensitivity is often a, a strange thing when it comes to podcasts, because of course you may be listening to this episode in 2035, by which point it's all completely irrelevant. But it is 2021, and um, this summer we have got quite an exciting event coming up called Duke's Hill Climb at Shelsley Walsh. Now, who would like to take lead on telling me what on earth is the Duke's Hill Climb? So, I mean, Duke's Hill Climb, it's going to be a speed hill climb at Shelsley Walsh, which, as I'm sure you know, is the world's oldest still active motorsport venue. Um, and one of the reasons that we chose it as well is we both think Sterling Moss is an absolute hero. And there's quite a charming little story about it. So I think it was back in 1948 when he was a young boy, I think he was still in his teens, and his family had sold the, the BMW that they'd sort of got owned. Mm -hmm. And with the money, he'd gone and bought himself a Mark II Cooper, uh, which was just a body at the time. And so he had to go and source an engine. Uh, his father was a dentist and one of his dentistry patients had this Jap 500cc engine for sale which Sterling fitted. Uh, a week later he was driving highly illegally as he said <laughs> around the lo local council estate in Hertfordshire um, where he almost ran over an old lady but thankfully she was fine. <laughs> Nobody died. Um, yeah, and that weekend he entered the car at Shelsley Walsh for what would have been his first ever competition. Amazing. Um, sadly though, and I think Shelsley is still kicking <laughs> themselves to this day, um, they actually declined his entry because they'd never heard of him before and he had no prior experience. Wow. And apparently up until, you know, the day he sadly passed away, he actually kept that letter as a memento that he'd been turned away that day. Huh. Although it didn't deter him because one week later he was at Prescott where he returned twice more that season to win his class. And this was all in May. And by September, he'd gone back to Shelsley, having begun his racing career, winning, winning his class at Prescott, um, where he then went on to win fastest time of the day and became somewhat of a legend. So there we go. yeah, he, he sorted it all out and Shelsley got a bit of fame often yeah. <laughs> in the end um but yeah it's just sort of but it was a suitable venue for us um a bit of history behind it and i think merlin and i both wanted to do more in motorsport ourselves mm -hmm. and tried to enter hill climbs and you'll find that most of them you can't unless you're part of an exclusive club yeah. or you have a very specific type of car and so we thought why not make one that's actually accessible for people like us mm. um, with cool cars that just want to have a great day out, also compete um, and you know get involved in what's a really fantastic old sport. And so you're, this, is a, this is a new um, a new world for you both as you say, you, you both were interested in the idea of yeah. doing a hill climb but from an organisational point of view as well. It's, it's, a, it's a totally new direction for us. And it, as Georgia rightly says, it's something that we've been wanting to do in a personal capacity for such a long time. Yeah. And much, I guess, much like Duke of London itself, it was kind of, it spawned out of sheer frustration of like not being mm. able to partake without meeting certain criteria or having yeah. an eligible mm. car or a certain race licence or anything like that. The in crowd. Precisely. Yeah. And this is, whilst there's a competitive element to this, we'll run a few classes, it's not going to be... Uh, you know, motorsport regulated in, in the you know, true capacity. Mm. There's not really much by way of, you know, we're not sorting the week from the chat. We, we really do just want people to turn up and have a good time. Yeah. Amazing. Um, 
regardless of their ability or certainly their car's ability in some cases. Mm. Um, and with that in mind as well, we, we aren't at all really trying to rule anyone in or out within reason, obviously. Yeah. And the brief, as you questioned rightly before this podcast, you said, I've, I've, I had to message you the other day asking what defines a, you know, an, an eligible car, a cool enough car or whatever, yeah. however we worded it on the tickets. And it really was, there's no background here. There's no... Mm bias or elitism or anything like that it, we just want people to be in something interesting yeah that's good it, it, it's very easy to end up at you know and there's, there's merit in these events as well not poo-pooing them but very easy to end up at a, a you know, disused or an abandoned runway with a supercar club mm. bombing down great i mean totally get the fun of it yeah but that's been done and we're not trying to replicate that absolutely and vice versa we're not trying to take anything away from the, like the vscc we don't we just want a load of old veteran cars we do want some of course but yeah yeah it's trying to find that balance and something that firstly caters for everyone but is entertaining as well because ultimately mm. on the day we'll, we'll have about 100 cars running up the mm. hill but we can also have this audience there as well which we, we want people to want to come down and see the spectacle that we're putting yeah on. absolutely it's, and for a lot of people this is going to be the first event yeah outing yeah yeah the exactly. first outing in maybe a year yeah. maybe maybe yeah. more because of course we've all been locked up in our houses desperately hoping to get get out and see stuff yeah yeah um we know quite a lot about you merlin because of course episode 14 i believe we record we were back here with you last summer and we had a a, a, a good kind of chat about your background I want to know a little bit more about you, George, if that's okay. What's, yeah, well, what's, what's your background? Because you've, am I right in thinking you've recently started a newish event brand or? Yeah. So I'm certainly not as exciting as Merlin and I don't have quite the colourful as family history. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I was, I've recently started Aubrey Peck, which I've named after my grandfather. Mm. So I sadly never met him, but he was sort of the inspiration behind it all. He used to race back at Brooklands um, in the 1920s, had mm. this fabulous car collection that I've been sort of hunting down over the years and Great. doing all right, finding bits and bobs here and there. Um my father was very much the same. He really instilled that passion for old cars into me. So it was every weekend that was our time together would be mm. in his workshop, tinkering as he likes to call it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and then, of course, when I grew up, I had that passion. I was always sort of involved with cars here and there. And then when I met Merlin, it really was, you know, my whole world <laughs> <laughs> was, was full of cars. So, yeah, it seemed like the, the right thing to do. Um, Great. Was, yeah, going well so far so, absolutely absolutely yeah. so how is the um how's the hunt for the car collection going because i've seen a, f a few things pop up on instagram and yeah so he had an r-type mg which he used to love racing which i haven't managed to hunt down as yet mm -hmm. um but i did find his old 105 talbot which he used to drive at brooklyn's too so he was part of the junior car club and the brdc mm -hmm. um, and i think that was one of his particular favorites and we found it at is Paulson in Suffolk yeah. where it was being restored mm. um, and my grandfather had owned it from New which he bought in, in Kensington I think in 1929 um, yeah. and amazing gentleman we were told a dentist from LA had bought the car and I thought oh god what, what are they going to do to it <laughs> I was quite upset actually anyway he turns out to be the most fantastic chap we actually we were driving to Scotland Merlin and I and 
Ayers, um, Ian at Ayers Porton had kindly passed on the new owner's details to me and I'd emailed him saying, oh, I hear you're in the UK this week. Sadly, Merlin and I, my partner, are in Scotland. And he goes, no way, so am I. I'm on the Isle of Skye. I was going to drive the car from Suffolk <laughs> to the Isle of Skye and I thought, I love you. Like, you are an amazing chap because obviously my grandfather, his thing was driving his cars all over the world. Yeah, of course. And so that made me so happy and we ended up meeting him on the Isle of Skye, um, where he told us he would have driven all the way to Suffolk, but I think the car hadn't been ready yet. Hmm. And now he's planning on racing at Sonoma Speed Festival this year. Wow. It's entered in the quail. And so, I'm yeah, I'm very delighted that, oh, that he's got the car. His name's Greg. And, yeah. it's, I love stuff he's like that good. because there's always that fear, isn't there, with these really iconic old race cars. Yeah, we've, we've talked about this in previous podcasts, you know, things like Bentley blowers that have such amazing racing history yeah. and they'll be bought by somebody and it will go and sit in a, yeah. a white tiled a room yeah, yeah. somewhere yeah. on display and it's probably never going to turn a wheel again. Well, that was the other car. So my grandfather had um, an old an old Milan Bentley and that, all I know of it, so my father, I found out very recently, had a half-sister, and she remembers the car very well. Wow. Um, my father, I think, was still very young at the time, and doesn't doesn't remember it so well, but has seen old photos. And he, supposedly, he joined the RAF um, during the war, and just before joining the RAF, he sold the car, mm. and he sold it for £450. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy, isn't it? Um, and the reason being was he didn't know if he was, one, never going to come back, or, you know, two, if he could afford the petrol and the fuel tokens, I mm. think they were given during the war. They wouldn't even be able to start it up, apparently. Wow. So he sold the car, um, and we later found out that it was sold to James Coburn um, over right. in America. I think it was sold by Gregory Peck because there were some letters exchanged yeah. between them. But that one particular car, we haven't managed to track down, strangely. Oh, so, yeah, we'll keep we'll keep looking for so that. So it's somewhere. Strange. Are there yeah. any, are there any um, markings or I assume registrations would have been changed and things like that at the point of it being exported? Yeah. So the only thing that we've managed to find out is that it was actually put into my grandfather's wife at the time's name. That's okay. why we couldn't find it under his name. And it was quite common during the war to put your assets into your wife's of name. Course. Because obviously she was, they'd be staying at home. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's as far as we've got with that one. But Interesting. <laughs> Sounds like a fun challenge though, doesn't it? <laughs> if there are any uh, yeah. car, car searching CSI enthusiasts that might be able to uh, dedicate some time to it, then maybe, yeah. maybe get in touch. because. Uh, be amazed how many you find on Instagram actually. It's quite yeah, quite sure. people are so, they're yeah. so generous with their time and kind and enthusiastic. It's really yeah. great. You've got a plea for something like that, and it's amazing people that sort of creep out that you never expected or don't yeah. even know. And they yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. See, people often get so invested, don't they? Yeah. Especially when there's history and there's a story and yeah. family connection. It, yeah. Well, it it's does. Good. It does. Right. Let's get back to your lovely hill climb then. So. Um, yes, you very kindly have accepted my application to drive my MQPA up the hill. Which well, I thought you were bringing the GLA <laughs> or whatever you're in. <laughs> the, the, the Mercedes-Benz white goods that I've turned That's up it. in yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the fridge freezer, yeah. There's a new C uh, super speed tumble dryer. Yeah. Um, yes, no, so I, I've, I've signed up with the MQPA, which I hope I will still have at that point. Um, if, if I don't, then it will be something else. Fairly interesting, I'm sure. interesting, I don't doubt that, knowing your track record, sir. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. Um, so if there's anyone listening that thinks, oh, I quite fancy that, and you've got a few hill climb st slots still available, haven't you? Yeah, so we've got, um, we have a few slots to actually uh, partake in the hill climb itself. Yep. Um, which is obviously, as you experience, is by application. So if yes. you head to dukeoflondon.co.uk forward slash events, 
you'll um, see the sort of entry form requirements and things. But in addition to that, um, the, the event actually starts on Saturday the 7th, uh, which is the day before the hill climb itself. We're starting at Duke of London and having a tour from the showroom uh, for the entrance up to Shelsley Walsh with the option to camp yeah. overnight. Yep. It's not compulsory, but I think it's going to be a great crowd of people. Yeah, I mean, it's, again, the, the only requirements for the hill climb itself, it has to be a classic super or race car of special interest, so you can mm -hmm. make of that what you will. Yeah. Um, so the idea being is we start here on the Saturday, do a fabulous, noisy <laughs> tour all the way up to, to Worcestershire through the Malvern Hills, which are just wonderful, wonderful yeah. to drive. And it's going to be August. Hopefully the weather's glorious. <laughs> I think that'll be one of the most special parts of the trip, actually. Yeah, Imagine well. sort of 50 yeah. cars driving up like that. Um, and then when you get there, you know, all the entertainment will be laid out. Shelsley have got 50 acres of beautiful orchard mm. and fields um, surrounding the hill. So, yeah, there'll be some outdoor entertainment, um, you know, big dinner, drinks in the orchard um, before glamping overnight. And we've got some amazing, I would say, luxury. Merlin, not too sure because you hate camping, but um, yeah, not, luxury bait, bell yeah. tents. Yeah, <laughs> so there's beds, mattresses, duvets. Yeah, I think I'd be tempted because... It's, it's for the first time ever that they're, they're actual beds in tents. Yeah. yeah. So I can kind of get my head around that. I'm, yeah. But I'm such a princess with this sort of thing. See, I don't, <laughs> I'm funny with camping. I don't mind the whole tent part of it. It's the showers. The showers. Yeah, me <laughs> too. The morning <laughs> after. Yeah, the toilets, the showers. Yeah. And obviously, luckily, they've got a shower block at Shelsley and toilets and proper yeah. Yeah, hard standing facilities, yeah. so to speak. But yeah, I want to be able to brush my teeth properly yeah. and not without with standing a of in water. somebody else's yeah. effluent. Yeah, and that as well. Yeah. <laughs> There's a hole over there. <laughs> well, we are doing some other interesting bits with the camping as well. Mm -hmm. So we've got some old Volkswagen camper vans, which you can choose to go in. And of course, you can put your shower pod on the back, your grave. Ah. Um, and we're looking to get some, some defenders as well, just to defend the camping. So Amazing. Yeah, keeping the automotive theme. And the camping, is that is that mainly for the people partaking in the hill climb? Yeah, so yeah. anyone that's partaking in the hill climb is welcome to join the tour and the camping. Brilliant, brilliant. And then if anyone's listening at home that thinks, okay, I either I don't have the car, or maybe I do have the car, but I don't fancy putting it up a hill climb, can yeah. I come and watch? Absolutely. That's We have thousands of spectator spaces available at Shelsley. Um, I'm sure you've seen old photos of quite I mean, you can barely see the hill there's so banks, many people yeah, it yeah. looks amazing and we're going to have hospitality all the way up the hill so you don't even have to walk up and yeah, down trust again you, if we did we've we walked it once yeah. we've driven it the rest it's of the time way every, every site visit we've, we've, I've insisted on driving it because once was enough yeah. but once you're up there you'll be you know, in, in amongst all of the uh, the benches and seating areas on the side of the banks which are quite steep it's amazing it's such, mm. a, it's such a great atmosphere uh, sitting up there Mm. Um, yeah, as Georgia says, there'll be catering facilities, yeah. toilets and stuff up there. So Brilliant. you can position yourself up there for a few hours throughout the day and Excellent. take it all in. And you've also got... A classic ca car show. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So if you've got a classic car or a race car or a supercar, any one of the three, and you don't want to take it up the hill, you can bring it and we're going to have a static show which will be judged... And as the hill climb, because it's a competition, mm. obviously there will be prizes for people coming. Um, so yeah, you're more than welcome to bring your car down just to Brilliant. display it amongst some other great cars. Amazing. And Sounds on top of that as well, obviously it needs to be said that there will also be further parking and everyone is welcome in addition sure. to all of this. So yeah. we can house, you know, given, as you said, the 50 acres of land that Chelsea yeah. fortunately have, we can, um, you know, we can see to everyone and their requirements. Yeah. Amazing. And families, it's going to be family friendly. 
but sadly not dogs. Yeah, not dogs. Oh, Rod- no. Rodney yeah. the Pongry is staying in London. So, yeah, um, we haven't mentioned Rodney because he's sat. He's sat he, well, I say he's sat. He's lying. He's cuddling your bag oh, in the sun. He is. Yeah. Sneakily trying to eat things. But yeah, Rodney, again, another celebrity of your Instagram profile. <laughs> <laughs> he's opened his eyes now, as you said. He has. Bless him. His nose well, is going bright pink in the hello. sun. And he's... Uh, this is, He's this, actually been quite well behaved today. This is the sound of me stroking a dog, which is great for for audio. Yeah, we need audio description on this. Isn't it? Yeah. John gently leans over <laughs> and strokes his puppy. Man in green jumper <laughs> leans across and touches dog. Yeah, um, amazing. Well, I mean, so you've got static car display. You've got uh, tickets available for anyone that wants to just come along and watch. And I guess yeah, that doesn't matter what you're turning up in. You've got okay throw the car in a field, park it up and come and enjoy that. Is that just for the Sunday? Is that for both days? That's just for the Sunday. Yep, perfect. Uh, and obviously on the Sunday as well, there'll be more entertainment and uh, other facets to it for spectators as yeah. well as entrance, obviously. Um, food and drink and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's going to be quite good fun. Yeah, we'll have so. an auto jumble too. I of mean, course. everybody we love loves an a auto good jumble. auto jumble. Yes. Yeah. Bring your anorex. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing better than a tarpaulin spread across with oh, I love it. bits I, of Austin scattered how, I don't know about you, but I'm, 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 we've never discussed this, Georgia, but I, we all spent our weekends yes, with our yeah. families yeah, being dragged around. And at the mm. time, we hated it but like, <laughs> yeah. in hindsight that was the coolest thing ever yeah, <laughs> it, yeah you're dragged right. around a lot somewhere it, usually in the arse end of nowhere <laughs> and it was always raining <laughs> so we hope we'll dodge that this year with somebody haggling 25p over Absolutely. a Lucas headlight yeah 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 <laughs> thinking why yeah. yeah what are we doing here or even looking at I, I have very fond memories actually being a kid walking around with my dad we didn't even own a classic car at the time but yet we'd be standing looking at a tarpaulin spread out with yeah. bits of yeah Austin Bentley and all sorts of like I'd be standing there going what? why, why are we why? Yeah. <laughs> what's that one yeah. piston going to yeah, do it's like, ne- <laughs> never going anywhere Ornament. the one that always fascinates me is there'll always be a chat there, and I think it's brilliant that they still are there'll be someone who has like a plethora of old number plates but of no significance so just old yes. vintage number plates like nothing, no, nothing special, no private plate no paper or anything desirable. No, yeah. of course not. They're yeah. just old number plates. I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> you can put them on the garage yeah, and that's pretend it. you've had them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, these are all cars. my cars back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> the dog's waking up. Roddy's on the move. Yeah. Um, now, Merlin, since we were last here, you, of course, I think, I'm trying to think back. I mean, we were kind of at that weird time... This is Rodney drinking. Thank you, Rodney. There's a sound. I did say he was being very well behaved. I knew it was going to drink. He's a very it. noisy drinker. And there'll be a burp to follow. <laughs> we'll let we'll let Rodney finish his uh, his, his eleven o'clock whiskey. Good boy. He'll, he'll go for a good two minutes. Oh right. Yeah. Super. And then, then as we can play some lift music. Yeah. <laughs> and now to our sponsor, yeah. Rodney having a drink. Brilliant. Well, now that Rodney's finished his very audible um, drink. And now having he's, a very audible sniff. He's having yeah. an audible sniff and he's drying off his nose, bless him, because he got really involved in that water. Um, that, was a, that was a solid two-minute stint. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> so we... we um, I don't think we've mentioned the date of this event yet, which might help. Yeah. Probably a crucial part of it. So remind me, Merlin. So we start here at Duke of London on Saturday the 7th. Um, and August yep. 2021. I need to put the whole thing in there because I was going to turn up every 
sad to say. Um, and the uh, actual event at Chelsea, the, the hill climb itself, is taking part on the um, taking place on the Sunday, the eighth of August, perfect, twenty twenty one. Add that to your diaries now. At, yeah. at the very least, Sunday the eighth to come along. Yes, yeah, so Sunday the eighth of August. There'll be um, we, we open the hill at nine a.m. So there'll be track action from nine a.m. all the way through till five p.m. Um, one thing to I think we haven't touched on as well, which opens the boundaries for uh, certainly you and I who've had issues with things like this in the past is there's no noise restrictions at Chelsea either. Oh. No. So oh, yeah, so there's no uh, short shifting or lifting or anything Brilliant. required. So because they, they're, their only neighbours really are their owners. <laughs> so they, they can only uh, sort of upset their own. I think there's a couple of fabulous characters that actually live at the top of the hill and the hill is their daily driveway. No way! Yeah, oh god, yeah. When Who's we went that to chat with the blue? He's got an, Al an original Alpine. Alpine, yeah. yeah. He, uh, he's got an original Alpine, uh, and I, I, we were there in the XK a couple of weeks ago just yeah. for a meeting. And we they were sort of like go on have a quick blast up the hill, and with that we just came head on out of nowhere oh, with this tiny little blue Alpine. But it was brilliant. It's he, it's he, AC. Yeah, it, wait, I wouldn't. That's a bit offensive. I don't think he looked that old. Um, <laughs> he was an, he was an older gentleman. He was, he was an older gentleman. Older gentleman. He's, he's obviously retired yeah. to the top of the hill, quite literally yeah. to the top of the hill. The the finish straight where you loop back around in the waiting area yes. at the top of the hill yeah. is his drive. Like, literally, no, yeah. his drive. I love the idea of oh god, I need to pop get a pint of milk. Yeah. so have to do the hill climb. But that, that's Time why myself. he's obviously got this out alpine because he can just then bomb it up and down. Yeah. and I love that one of the is uh, obviously. I'd, I'd say by, with the practice, he's probably quite a competent driver. However, there was I did notice the front right wheel arch was blue gaffer tape. Was it? Yeah, ah, it's just great. I thought no, I, I love that war wounds. And what, yeah. If you're living up there, what's the point of fixing it? Just well, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, fix it when you sell it. Precisely. There you go. Um, so yeah, that, that's um, yeah. In terms of going back to the noise thing, it means that again, further to what I've already said, and Georgia has too, is that you really can apply to enter in anything we really want. We want that we've already got some mega mega cars attending, um, some sort of very extreme stuff, but also some home grown, uh, home grown, home built stuff. You know, there's a there's a, a lot of a younger audience. We've got we've had a lot of women entrants as well, which I think is amazing. Yeah. Mm. Um, again, it's another thing that you look at the statistics in the actual com competitions. There are very few women that partake, and those that do fantastic and doing a great job as ambassadors. Yeah. But we really are keen to include as many as possible for obvious reasons mm, we can't see any reason why not no exactly um, exactly so yeah it's, it's uh it should be good fun excellent and you're not dependent on it being you know competition cars with full no, cages no, and no, hands no. devices and you, I mean, fire you obviously need a, a crash helmet yeah that's it. a given yep. but that's it i mean yeah, it, it, naturally if, you, if it's an open top you need a full face and if mm -hmm. it's not whatever the same as a track day um but yeah run what you brung essentially it's um yeah we, we, we want to see we want to see everything and anything um, within reason. Again, we, we have to place it, it, it be, as much as there are certain cars that would be hilarious to watch going up the hill once or twice, as we've discussed mm. already, there's, we, we, we can't have so many of the same things. So yeah. we have, that's hence the application. We, we need to be a little bit selective with it. So we, we want people to see a variety and yeah. it, it to remain exciting throughout the day. And who's got the awkward job of phoning up the people that have entered the same? I think that's, that's, that's the boss. Yeah. That's I mean, <laughs> Georgia. Terribly, <laughs> your telephone voice is amazing. I mean, you you you, you go incredibly posh. You have to kill them posher than normal. That's it. <laughs> they call it a, a shit. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it called a shit, shit sandwich? sandwich yeah. Yeah, that's compliment. Yeah. Loveliness. Oh dear. And then and end with a. But you, hey, maybe yeah. we could bring something else. Yeah. yeah. But you know, this is our first year. 
Um, yeah, yeah. We're making it open to everyone. We're going to see how it goes. And we want this to be an annual event in the calendar. And so next year, maybe we will look to have a couple of categories to make it more fair yeah, or do yeah. racing on both days across yeah. the weekend. So really, it's just for our litmus test this year. And it's going to be brilliant. Um, it yeah. is. It is. And we're going to be there. I was about to in, say. We, yeah. Driven Chat. So that's probably a, a, a good time to caveat that one in there because... Yeah, we want to come along and perhaps we'll bring our truck along. Probably won't send it up the hill. monster truck. Oh, that'd be brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you turn it around on Matey's driveway. Yeah. Yeah. It would come back down backwards. If there's a record for the slowest climb, it yeah. would be in the driven you chat could, truck. I, if you if you harness yourselves in, it could be it could make for quite an interesting uh, exhibit to have you guys <laughs> recording going up the hill at pace. That'd be good. <laughs> just clambering on, yeah, yeah. perhaps in wheelie chairs. Yeah, just, so we're just, just sliding around the ceiling like the children and the jumpy things. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't. I can't guarantee our insurance will let that happen. But we'll we'll bring the truck <laughs> and we'll park it up somewhere. And I think that'll be great. You know, if we've got a few people there that can yeah, you know, come along and have a chat with us. Really interesting people there, so I'm sure. And some great characters. I mean, some of the applications yeah. we've received so far are fantastic. There's some very, very enthusiastic people uh, with their special cars that will be there. Super. Uh, and I'm sure they will make for great conversation because um, they really are some yeah interesting people. Brilliant. Looking forward to it. And I hear rumours that there may even be a, a, a partnered manufacturer that could be shuttling people around on site as well. Yeah, so that will be announced sometime soon. But cool. of course, if you don't own your own classic supercar race car, maybe you just don't want to enter it on the hill, you can borrow one of ours. So huh. yeah, everyone Amazing. will get a chance to, get, to go up the hill. I can't think of a reason why anyone wouldn't want to be there now. Yeah, well, what can I say? <laughs> well, you're you're going to be there. So I'll be actually, there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someone's got to lower the tone. <laughs> well, no, don't, don't do yourself an injustice. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you both very much for your time. I think this is a really exciting opportunity. Those dates, again, Merlin's going to remind me because the poster is behind me. And yeah, I'm... I keep having to look at the poster. It's really bad. <laughs> yeah. and I keep stumbling on my words. So it's Saturday the 7th of August is the uh, start of the event, and that will be at Duke of London for the entrants uh, yep. that want to partake in the drive up to Shelsley via Morgan Hills. And then on Sunday, the 8th of August, 2021, um, the actual hill climb event takes place. And again, the, the track that with the hill will be open from 9 a.m. for uh, for the, those partaking in the actual competition. Brilliant. And that website again? dukeoflondon.co.uk forward slash events. Perfect. And if you've got any inquiries, feel free to uh, drop Georgia a line. That's georgia at dukeoflondon.co.uk or message me on Instagram. It's just at duke underscore of underscore London. Perfect. What a PR machine you are, both of you. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Excellent. Well, yeah, you know, do let us know if you're planning on coming along. Um, drop us an email, as always, to our email address, podcast at drivenchat.com. If you've got any questions about the event that, um, you know, you want to aim at us, again, I can pick up the phones of Merlin and Georgia and just recap on those. But, yeah, it'd be great. Let's get a bit of a driven chat crowd along there yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we could even use it as an opportunity for our first ever live with, or, yeah. or, or with audience recording, yeah, which absolutely. could be quite fun, couldn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I realise I'm, I'm already planting seeds of things that I. It's actually quite exciting. Really I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and now it has to happen. It's yeah. happen. <laughs> I hold you to that. There we go. Our first audience with podcast will be recorded at Duke's Hill Climb. Fantastic. Done. Looking That's decided. That was genuinely unplanned. Yeah. Uh, yep. Great. No. I just not beyond your pay grade. You're gonna have to like. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be it'll be fine yeah. and John thank you for coming down because it's been a long time since we've seen each other well it's um, been yeah it was the last it, podcast it was yeah so yeah it's great to see you we used to see each other almost every weekend I know and then I moved far away well there we are thank you both very much um, yes those do check out the websites do 
register your interest. If you've got a cool car, now is probably the time to get on there uh, because we wouldn't want anyone to miss out. And if you do, I assume there may be some sort of reserve list. Yeah, maybe of course. A yeah. List. And we, we, as I said, we're nearly we're nearly there with the hill climb entries, but we will yeah. obviously have a reserve list if anyone pulls out. Perfect. For reason, and so. we've only released the first set of tickets. Yeah, so for we've now, got a second so we round. We'll yeah. be releasing super a couple of other rounds, depending on how it goes. Brilliant, brilliant. Right. Well, hopefully I'll see you beforehand. But if not, I'll see you at Shelsley. Love you lots. Love you lots. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, John. <laughs> Right, there we go. So that was Merlin and Georgia of Duke of London talking about the Duke's Hill Climb that's coming up this summer. And as you will have heard, uh, because I definitely didn't plan this in the, uh, in the, in the, the preparation for that recording, uh, we've decided to do our first ever Audience With podcast. So if you do happen to purchase a ticket as a spectator or as a driver or as an exhibitor, you can join us for potentially our first ever live audience recorded podcast. And I don't know if I've yeah. planted myself in a logistical impossibility or if this is something that's going to be quite easy or if we're just going to wing it on the day and something tells me we're just going to wing it on the day. It's taken me a little by surprise as well, John. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, everyone, I'm already thinking everyone how are we in... going to get PA systems, how are we going to get seating, what's the deal with the insurance. <laughs> I'm not wildly keen about this, but there we go. <laughs> ah, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll it's going to be a fun event. It's going to be a fun event, regardless of the pod nature. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, it'll be good aye fun. Aye, aye. Now, yeah. we said we would um, address some of your lovely messages, and yeah. I think we should dive straight in, John. We, you know, we, we waffled for tar- far too long about the World Car of the Year Awards, by the way. <laughs> it was supposed to be like two minutes, and we went on for about 15. So let's, let's do a few of these, but we don't want to kind of get too tedious on the length. So um, what I'm loving... I'm just literally skimming through a couple here, John. Yeah. I'm loving that you'll remember Keep Left. How did that advert go again? <laughs> go left when the engine explodes. I don't know. It's there you go. Like Excellent. That. That's the one. I just needed to hear you do the go left bit. <laughs> so <laughs> you've had some people agreeing with you. You've yes. had some comments and you've had a very, very informed. Well, we've actually had a very informed reaction to it as well. Mm. Uh, which one do you want to start off with? Let's Should we start with, off with the... Let's go with Simon. Simon Woodward, who um, has... He, Simon's been a big fan of ours since day one, I think. So thank you, Simon. Your your loyalty is 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 noted. We see you. Top man. Um, Top man. And it's lovely. And yes, so Simon has written to agree that... Uh, the, the, yes, his words, the keep left advert is ridiculous. Thank you, Simon. It is ridiculous. So <laughs> he, he totally he totally agrees with you. And then he has a tale of woe, which I mean, to be fair, there are a, quite a few of you out there who have tales of woe. In mm. fact, we all have them. But Simon's is particularly brutal. Give us the details, John. Um, yes. And my tale of woe I used to drive around in classic minis. I had three in total. The latest was a 1997 RH Mini Cooper 1.3 MPI Tahiti Blue. Fat 13 inch wheels, sports back arches. I loved it. I used to own one of these yeah. as well. Not in Tahiti Blue, but... Um, I I very much completed that chapter of my life. Uh, Went to the shows, did the Owners Club thing on the forums. So this was a few years ago, pre-social media. Again, I can relate to that. But after three or four years of consecutive invoices, always at least £500 plus in welding and other bits to get it through MOTs, I'd had enough, a proper money pit. Wasn't in the right frame of mind. Purely depressed about the cost of it. And when I got rid of it, I committed the sin of part exchanging it with a dealership for a modern Eurobox. Now, isn't this interesting? Because I did exactly the same thing. I had a Mini Cooper Checkmate 
um, which I did a straight swap for in 2008 for a Volkswagen Lupo Sport, um, which I think given the time they were about the same value. But now Volkswagen Lupo Sports are about worth about 50p and um, the Mini that I sold is probably like seven or eight thousand pounds worth now. So yeah, he's done. Well, to be exactly. fair to Simon, he he did something similar to you, but he got a Fiat five hundred, yeah. which he then managed to up, upgrade, which is very impressive too. Go on, dr- dr- oh, it's a five nine five S. They're quite good. The R bath. Um, yeah, we. I used to have one of those as a little company runaround for a bit. I loved it. I had stickers all over it though, which I didn't love. But um, well, you know, that's not the worst story in the world because at least he got a nice five nine five R bath. Yes, but he's basically the essence of the, the of the you're basically skim reading as fast as you can, John, and I appreciate that. I, <laughs> it gave me a chance to kind of go through it again. The essence is that he sold his mini, he wished he hadn't. Yeah. He's found a bloke that has it, he wants to buy it back, but the guy is being elusive now. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things we've all got the car we've 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 let go. And fortunately for for Simon, he's you know, he might have found the guy that's got it and be able to get it back. So at least it could have a happy ending. But like he says, he doesn't know how much he'd have to buy it back for. Yeah. And it's doubtfully. Uh, no, in fact, it's definitely going to be more than he got for it, isn't it? But anyway. It is, he's unfortunately. Got it is. Could be worse. So, well, exactly. Exactly. Fantastic little car. So, yeah, Simon, of course, opened his email with the Keep Left advert being ridiculous. We did also get an email from a chap called Ben. Ben Mullins. Thank you, Ben who has also Cheers, written a beautifully, um, a beautifully constructed email with multiple paragraphs. And, and he's picked up, I've uh, just been listening to the Go Left advert on the Quentin episode. I've got some thoughts, he says. The ad shows the driver pulling onto a yellow safety bay on a motorway without a hard shoulder. And as such, I suspect the ad is trying to absolve the smart motorway of blame for collisions involving stopped vehicles. This is a very, very, very valid point. And again, mm. I'm aware our international listeners might be scratching their heads a little bit going, what on earth are you talking about? But what's happening in the UK, in brief, is a lot of our motorways are now being converted to what's called smart motorways. And um, so our motorways, or highways as you might call them, the uh, have always had a shoulder on the side so that if something happens, you break down, there's an issue, you pull to the left and you stop in the hard shoulder and you wait for your recovery. Obviously, you get out of the car and you could go as far away from the car as possible. But that's the idea. Now, with modern cars being slightly more reliable, breakdown numbers are reducing, and the government has said, well, look, here's this extra lane that we could have as a traffic lane. So your motorway or highway, instead of having three lanes, can now have four. And with these motorways, you have a gantry that has lights that says, no, this lane's closed now because somebody's broken down, usually the inside lane, the first lane, lane one. And we now have these little bays, whereas if you do need to stop in an emergency, you can pull into one of these bays. That's the explanation of what that means. So, I mean, it is a controversial one. I've got uh, my oldest and best friend in the world is an AA recovery driver, and he thinks smart smart motorways are the worst things in the world with those bays, because of course he's constantly recovering people that are stopped in a live motorway in a live lane. And yes, there are people that get hit and crashed into from the back and perhaps hasn't been thought out entirely well, but not, not the subject of this email. What Ben is saying is the, He's, he's referenced something called the nudge theory, which is acknowledging that the advert is quite obvious. Like the, the, a lot of people are watching it going, well, yes, obviously we go, we go left. But the, the nudge theory as is pointed out as something that is a polite, well, a very cleverly, it's a psychological structure where you're, 
or we, as the vast majority of people in the world, the general public, are reminded in a subtle way, usually through a cheery, happy song, that there is a way to do things. And he's included a couple of articles, in, in fact, in his email as well about the nudge theory, which has been used throughout the pandemic, which we're all well aware of, um, including one from the beginning. And I know, you know, think back, cast your minds back to the beginning of the pandemic when the instructions were, you must wash your hands and you must not socially distance, you must not lick each other's eyeballs. And everybody went, well, yeah, obviously. But the, the point was reinforced and reinforced and reinforced as a little nudge. Thank you, baked potato. Thank you, yeah. baked potato. Exactly. Um, the, and I guess it works. You know, when you, what Ben's done is he's very kindly, um, or very, very cleverly, I should say, brought up the psychology behind the advert which makes a lot of sense when you read it in this. Um, and of course, he ends his email by saying, anyway, love the podcast. And here's hoping that I've not succumbed to a conspiracy theory, which I don't it's think It's a good theory, though, Ben. It's a good theory. Yeah. And, it's, <laughs> and it sort of solves the puzzle that we were having, which is why on earth would they do this? This mm. seems a complete nonsense. Who needs to hear this? And maybe people are dumber than we assumed. However, he's actually saying, no, they're not. It's all about stopping vehicles and passing the blame onto individuals and so on and so forth. Yeah. It's a smart thing. You know, and it's, he, he also says the indirect suggestion here is that collisions with stationary vehicles happen because drivers don't know how to pull over. Mm. Not that motorways itself leaves you with nowhere to pull over. And that's a great, you know, it makes sense. And it would justify why they spent all that money, John. I guess so. I mean, Ben's obviously far more, um, he's kinder and probably a bit more intelligent than I am because my he's, reaction he's is still... He's smarter than the two of us, definitely. Well, my reaction is still, if you need to be told, please surrender your driver's licence immediately. Now we have a hello from New Zealand. Yes, I we love do. this, John. Because this, this was, is what we were talking about. Wasn't yeah, it? we mentioned this in the intro of the Mark Howard episode, who is our Australian friend. And we, we've said, didn't we? I wonder what's the furthest person away or the furthest place you can go before you start coming back. And for us, it is New Zealand here in the UK. Um, yeah, go for it. And um, Harrison, Harrison Wade. Hi, Harrison. Hey, Harrison. Brilliant name. So Harrison has been very nice. He's, he's talked about how he listens to the pod and so on, and this is amazing. And he, he then sort of says, look, I, I wanted to ask you all collectively for some advice. As a relatively newcomer, young person, lucky you, wanting to enter the automotive industry with regards to marketing and media, considering New Zealand is somewhat isolated from the rest of the world. Mm. While we have a huge car culture, it's nothing like that of Europe or North America's, which makes it difficult to approach manufacturers to offer photography, videography, and other branding services. Mm -hmm. But he's a student of marketing, and he was wondering what steps he could take to enter the arena of automotive so john i reckon you're brilliantly placed to be able to say this yeah should he be a free agent should he be employed um so yeah what do we what do we think he's he wants to basically hear how each of us got into automotive uh the, the world of automotive yeah and obviously mine is a very different journey because i'm a broadcaster and you know i was doing motorsport and so on so it's mine isn't really applicable but yours however john is is exactly the story i think harrison needs to hear yeah well i you know i, I mentioned this a few times on the podcast before i've mentioned it a lot socially i get a lot of people that reach out to my personal social media accounts that ask me questions, which I actually love, genuinely. I, I, I might not be able to reply straight away, but it, when I can, I will always take an afternoon, you know, Saturday or Sunday afternoon, just to go through questions that I get. And this is one that comes up a lot, you know, how do I get into the industry? My way of doing it is, in essence, the wrong way of doing it. I went the real long way, long route around to get to where I am now, because of course the, the typical thing to do, what you're doing there, Harrison, is the correct way. You're going and getting the education, the qualification, and as a result, you'll probably be, be placed via um, a 
graduate scheme into an environment that will seed your way into that industry. For me, the way that I did it and the way that it could definitely still work for you is essentially just socialising and enjoying the passion of what you do. So for me, I started out in events. As a In turn, I ended up meeting people that wrote for magazines, which in turn led to me writing for magazines. Um, from there, I went on to bigger and better events. I had a huge big break in 2012 when Gumball 3000 picked up the phone and said, do you want to come and do this for us? So for a, yeah, a good chunk of my working life, I was, I was head of that. And then of course, from there, it went on to do other big events. And it's, it's an industry, despite the fact, as you say, Harrison, it, feels, it can feel daunting and huge. My good friend Phil McGovern from Caffeine and Machine once worked out that there is essentially two degrees of separation between every single person in the automotive industry in the world, which sounds mad when you think about it, but it's true. So chances are there'll be one or maybe two people in between you and the CEO of the big automotive manufacturer that you adore. And that's because there'll be somebody that you're linked with either through social media or through a common interest or through a friend of a friend that all links through. The great thing about the automotive sector is we are all in it because we love it. It's a passion-led industry. You don't go to a design department or a PR department or a marketing department of any manufacturer and go and talk to any of their employees and you'll never hear any of them go, oh, yeah, you know, I do it, but I don't really like cars. Everybody loves what they're doing. So my advice is use that passion drive to keep going, socialize as much as you can, talk to people, network as much as you can, attend car meets and car events, find people that are, you know, that think the way that you do. We know from recording an automotive podcast that there are plenty of people out there in the world that think the way that we do in and around yeah. the car world. And honestly, providing you're a good person, you're interested and you're interesting, you will succeed. You literally can't fail. And, you know, I'm not saying, yeah, for me, I started out in this industry because I like to remind people, it's not, it's not a case of you jump in and you go straight to hosting some of the world's biggest moving motoring events in the world and then hosting podcasts and radio shows and doing bits and pieces on YouTube. It was a long old slog for me. I started out in the events industry in 2008 and it's taken me this long to get to you know, mucky about where I'm doing, and I still feel like I'm blagging it the whole way. Ultimately, I have no qualifications to be doing what I'm doing right now. But what I have done is just networked my way through, made friends with the right people, like genuine friendships as well, of course. It's not, it's not a case of trying to be friends with somebody in, in order to you know, get a boost up. It's just because, like I said before, it's the industry that we all love being in, and it does open opportunities if you've got the right level of passion. So with things like the photography, I mean, probably Amy's gonna be the better person to talk about photography, but my advice, a bit like when people ask me about writing about cars and journalism, do what you enjoy doing. If you love writing, then write and write and write and write. If you love taking photographs of cars, then take photos and more photos and more photos and more photos, because of course, by doing that, what's gonna happen is you're gonna get better and better and better. And yeah, let's um, you know, let's keep an eye on you, Harrison, to see how you're getting on. He's he's very well. Let's give him included. a little bit of a hand. Yeah, he's yeah, included his, his, his Instagram. Instagram at sir underscore h dot wade. That's at sir underscore h dot wade. And Harrison, listen, thank you very much for reaching out. Everything John said is is absolutely bang on. And how about thinking about setting up your own meet? You know, even if it's mm. just a one off. 
get a car collective together, make a shout out for your region and get some people with cool, interesting cars. Yep. Keep the photography flowing. You've just got to get creative, get thinking. And as John says, meet everyone. Just go out there and meet, 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 meet. Yep. Because when you do that, and if you're a good guy and your stuff is quality, then the rest should hopefully follow. Absolutely. And to answer your question about free agent or go employed, if you can, start employed. Because if the structure of how you're studying is going to lead you into a placement, that is brilliant because the experience and the knowledge that you'll pick up from other people is going to be priceless, you know, far, far more valuable than sitting in a classroom and listening to lectures, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, just just absorb, absorb everything and enjoy it. And like Andy says, yeah, get a, get a little event organized, you know, get some people together. And it doesn't matter if two cars turn up. It doesn't matter at all because then you've got the opportunity to talk to two other drivers who will introduce you to other people and other people, it just snowballs. It's a brilliant industry that you will love. And yeah, I, I, you know, I want to make it very clear, anyone that is in a similar position that just thinks this is so daunting and terrifying, I promise you it's not, it really isn't. It's, we're all in it because we love it. The CEO of your favorite car manufacturer is a car guy or a car girl. You know, they're in it because they love it. And don't ever, ever, ever forget that. Don't think that it's some sort of elite super force that you have no access to if you were to meet the ceo of ford or the ceo of lotus or whatever manufacturer in the pub chances are they're going to want to talk to you about cars because that's what they do just like you talk to your mates about cars so yeah don't ever be afraid of it don't be daunted by it go and enjoy it everyone farts that's true that is true there you go <laughs> There's your conclusion. No, go for it, Harrison. Good luck. Good luck. I wish you every success and uh, keep us posted. Thank you for the note. John, do you want to do one more? I know we've got yeah. loads here, but I'm also mindful that we're like another 20 minutes after the main event and people may be waning at this stage. Yes, yes, yes. Let's do that. Um, I Oh, gosh, it's tricky. It's tricky. There's a good moan, actually, that I like. Uh, the subject of the email is called, Is It Bespoke? And I like this oh, nice. it's from a chap called Lawrence. Um, Lawrence has said... Oh, he's included, a, he's included a, an audio clip. I have a question about the way the word bespoke is used by motoring journalists because I'm not entirely sure what it means anymore. A suit can be off the rack, made to measure or bespoke, and I feel like the lines between those three are relatively clearly delineated. However, when it comes to the automotive world, the term seems to get thrown around fairly casually. Um, so I'm interested to hear your thoughts on what distinguishes bespoke from the words option or specification or customization. Cheers. And you're absolutely right. Why is everybody claiming that everything's bespoke? Because I think unless you're building your car out of Rice Krispies now, it's not that bespoke. Everyone's got yeah, we could all say it's bespoke because I've got a different flavor air freshener hanging up in my Mercedes to Andy's. It's, it doesn't mean it's bespoke. It's a very, very willing, uh, it's, a, it's a worthy moan. I, I like it. Stop calling everything bespoke. Yes, he's listed some, some really good examples that we could be discussing, but I'm also aware how tight we are on time now. But yeah, ultimately, I would suggest... You know, the, the point he's making is, you know, everyone's calling things bespoke. And, and for me, if you're swapping a different pair of tyres, that doesn't make it a bespoke <laughs> car. It's just a car with, with a cool set of wheels on it. You know, if you're putting in uh, some aftermarket seats, that doesn't make them bespoke seats. You've just put in some aftermarket seats. You know, bespoke is where you've had somebody, some craftsman, do something different to your vehicle. Yeah, it's a one-off in, in its entirety. That's what makes it bespoke. 
yeah, he's put down the Ferrari P4, the, the Pininfarina P4 stroke five, the MS, MSO at McLaren. Yeah, bespoke, we make bespoke cars. Uh, paint sample to Porsche. Yes, like, that's not bespoke. That's just, you've just provided paint just for paint. the car that you yep. built. It's not now bespoke because it's a weird shade of orange. Uh, yeah, thank you, Lawrence. <laughs> Lawrence has also included his, uh, I, I love this. Lawrence has included his Instagram tag, which is JDMism. JDM letters and then ISM. And then he's written it out phonetically. J-D-M-ism. So thanks, Brilliant. Lawrence. I will, um, I will give you a follow on Instagram because you've made me smile today. That was good. Amazing. Amazing. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Lawrence. I, I, I like this one, actually. It's now got me thinking a lot about Bespoke. When I think Bespoke, John, I think, I think Magnus Walker 911s, Urban Outlaw. Yeah, you know, he sits to be there so... and basically rebuilds it all himself. Exactly, exactly. Ideally by somebody in a shed or in a workshop or a warehouse like Magnus. You know, there's not a, it's not, a, it's not a, a dedicated corner of the factory that just churns out stuff that they can then charge more money for. Yeah, MSO at McLaren's great at that. Hey, do you want to spend £500,000 on this new McLaren? Yeah. Or would you like to spend £700,000 and we'll paint it gold? Just, just, ridiculous. Ridiculous. All right, we have got <laughs> more for you, to go Thanks for your company but... today, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for attending. I'm, stop, I'm stopping John before he gets onto another mode. <laughs> no, that's it. I, I think we've got, we have got so many coming in, and, I, and do keep them coming in. We won't go through more today because otherwise we will be in this for hours and hours and hours. But it is amazing seeing your emails come through. I'm going to do my damned best to reply to you all um i realized that there'll be a lot of people listening going hang on you've not replied to mine and i sent an email back in march we've got some here from um yeah we i see them all and i will do my best to reply to you all um and ideally we will we will mention them in in another episode in the near future definitely Brilliant. Thank you very much for listening today. We really appreciate it. We'll be back with episode 45. I'm getting there before John does yes. next week. We will. Take care. We'll have, we'll have a party. <laughs> the Driven Chat podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end and it's john markar here again reminding you that this podcast the driven chat podcast has now run its course and has come to an end to find the new format search the driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps thanks bye